Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Let me shift gears to a uh, to a uh, uh, custody case that we are all very, very interested in. Everybody except the president. It's in Batesville, Arkansas which I believe is home to the famous hotel in that documentary made by Alfred, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. So uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers painted him as financially strapped in his first appearance in an Arkansas court yesterday. Hunter Biden had to appear in court. They were trying to do it all remote, like he didn't even want to show up, but the judge was like, no, no, everybody's coming in. Because Hunter Biden is trying to get his child support payments to his former mistress, reduced. Uh, And he has a four-year-old daughter with this mistress. He's trying to get it reduced. He's been paying... Do you know what what his alimony is? Or or is it palimony? I don't remember. Um, Child support. You know what it is? $20,000 a month. That does not... Yeah, I don't think that includes the... the 10% for the big guy. I don't think not in that, not in that figure. The president's son who made millions of dollars off deals and cushy board positions for foreign companies in the past decade now has no salary. According to his lawyers, he has no salary. He even had his Porsche repossessed. Oh my God. No. Hunter without his Porsche. I bet he pronounces it Porsche. He seems like the he seems like the kind of guy that would pronounce it Porsche. I actually don't even know what is the correct pronunciation. I just always found it to be a little hoity-toity, you know? Um, he was forced to sleep on a cot also in his father's room during a recent presidential trip to Dublin. <laughs> I have no money. I had to sleep on a cot in the president's room. Like, make it sound like, they make it sound like some one room, you know, single bed. You know the cot in the presidential suite is going to be pretty Mac, right? You know this. Come on. First, okay, hang on. First of all, show of hands here. Who believes that Hunter Biden actually had to sleep on a cot? On a fold-out cot in the presidential suite. You're telling me? That he goes on the trip with dad, or I guess was 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 Jill Biden. I'm sorry, Dr. Jill. You call her Dr. Jill. Um, Dr. Jill Biden. Did she go on the trip? And so I guess if she went on the trip, then, you know, mom and dad would have their own room, especially at their advanced age. You always give them the bed, obviously. But am I to believe that there was no place else to sleep in literally... The presidential suite, right? Wherever they put the president of the United States up for the night, in whatever hotel that is, you want me to believe that the penthouse accommodations for the president would not include a couch? 
Really? You wouldn't sleep on the couch. First, like my vision of what this room would be would be like a really sweet bedroom and a really large suite. A sweet suite, right? It would be it would be a living room. Probably a kitchen area. Enough room for all the secret service. Come on, man. To quote Joe Biden. Hunter Biden has also stooped to taking financial support from a generous friend. Really? Really? Oh, he's lowered himself to taking financial support. Is that right? From, you know who he's taking it from? A Hollywood lawyer named Kevin Morris. (laughs) Uh Okay. He's being represented by Abby Lowell, a D.C. super lawyer who has now joined his legal team. And Abby Lowell says that Biden is paying London Alexis Roberts $20,000 per month in child support under an agreement that they reached in 2020. But that was shortly after President Joe Biden launched his presidential campaign. And at that time, Hunter Biden was rolling in the crack. I mean, the money. Sorry. He was rolling in the money because Joe Biden is now, I mean, he had just come out of the vice presidential office, right? They had started up the you know the family influence peddling business, so they were they were getting some contracts in. They were they were selling some of the influence and access and such. And now with Joe announcing a presidential run, ooh, now the stock has gone up. Right, you got way more influence. He could be the president. So now you get to rake in way more money. So when they cut that deal for the child support, twenty k. He could probably, you know, handle no problem. But, you know, then stuff comes out. You leave your laptop at a shop in a, you know, crack-induced haze. And now look at where you are, you know? Now you got some problems. You can't afford the 20K monthly nut. According to the lawyer, Biden has paid Roberts at least $750,000 over the past few years. Biden's lawyer, I'm just saying, you pay me 750000 over the course of two or three years, like, you will never see me again. <laughs> I don't need any more of your money. You give me, yeah, you give me a million bucks and I go away? Deal. Deal. So for all the people that want to get me canceled and tossed off the air, that's my price. There you go. Give me a million dollars and I am out of here. I will I will go away. I will. I will purchase some oceanfront property in some foreign country. Not that I've thought this through or anything. What are you talking about? I don't know. Biden's lawyers objected to attempts by Robert's team, the 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 mistress's team, the, the the woman, right? So Hunter's lawyers objected to her team's attempts to frame him as privileged and wealthy. He's not privileged and wealthy. He's just the son of the president of the United States of America. What kind of an accusation is that? How dare you? He traveled on Air Force One only one time, and even then he stayed on a cot. He doesn't own the Porsche, and he drives an unspecified car given to him by a celebrity lawyer. Okay, so, right, totally not privileged. What are you talking about? During the hearing... Biden's lawyers said his only income is a percentage of his art sales from a New York gallery that Biden is unable to provide a list of who has bought his paintings and how much they are worth. 
He, I mean, he's an artist. He does not trouble himself with these things. They are below the line for him. He's big picture stuff. He's, you know, throwing a bunch of paint on a canvas and selling it to foreign leaders for half a million dollars a pop. He has no idea what these things are selling for or to whom. Abby Lowell said Biden does not know the names of any of the buyers under an agreement with the gallery because that's intended to avoid political influence peddling while doing the influence peddling. That's the point. By the way, this is this is well known. Art has been where you hide money forever through these types of deals. Okay? Yeah, this is how you do it. Somebody, quote, paints a masterpiece, and then you funnel the money to them through this intermediary. And nobody knows. Now, of course, nothing stops me after having spent $500,000 on your piece of garbage artwork, right? Nothing prevents me from telling you that was me. The woman's lawyers had previously taken issue with his attempt to reduce his child support, arguing that his team of high-priced attorneys shows that he can afford the payments. They do have a point there, <laughs> right? They, yeah, they have a solid point. Uh, if you are claiming to be indigent, uh, you're crying poor here, you probably should not have shown up with, like, the most famous high-powered attorney in all of America. Biden has retained, quote, some of the most expensive attorneys on planet Earth, according to her attorneys. Biden's daughter, Hunter Biden's daughter, was with this woman, with his mistress. I think this was the mistress he was stooping when he was also with his ex-sister-in-law, I think, right? Did he marry the sister-in-law? When Bo Biden died, Hunter Biden, he left his wife and got with her, I believe. I may be getting the timeline on this wrong. Maybe he maybe he went with the mistress, this this because I believe she was a stripper, and went to went with her first, and then he went to Bo Biden's widow. I forget the it doesn't matter. Um he initially denied that this baby was his, but then they ordered the paternity test and it showed that he was in fact the dad. The Biden family does not publicly acknowledge this child. President Joe Biden has repeatedly claimed, including just last week, that he has only six grandchildren leaving the four-year-old girl out of that list. Remember the Christmas stockings hung on the mantle? All the grandbabies? Not her. Let's play everyone's favorite game. What if this was Donald Trump? Could you imagine? You don't have to imagine much. Stormy Daniels? Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners, all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Stay safe on the roads out there, David. Got your message from Bernie. Appreciate it. Um, I did check into... Somebody called and said that uh, this woman that, that filed the paternity suit against Hunter Biden... Uh, that she was not a stripper, and she actually worked at the Biden Center. And is I think the Biden Center, that's where they kept all of the uh, the classified documents, or at least some of them. 
while they were, I guess, en route to the garage with the Corvette? Because that's where that's where you keep, you know, it's the most secure place you can keep classified documents is in the trunk of the car in the garage at the home you don't really stay at. So, uh, but I I've, I just was looking and I don't see that as, I don't see that confirmed any place. But I also, yeah, I'm like, I just did a, just a, perfunctory search on it. I've not seen anything to verify that. I just, somebody called and said that, uh, that apparently it has been determined she was not a stripper, but I don't know that to be true. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but she's from Batesville, Arkansas. And, uh, so that's just the, and, and this would have been after. So, and I had the timeline, right? I did. So it was Hunter Biden married to his wife for a long time, has like three kids with her. They get divorced. He then, uh, gets with, uh, the widow of his brother, so his sister-in-law, uh, they're together, uh, and then, um, which, like, that's a weird dynamic that happens there because in the divorce filings before that, like, that woman, the I forget her name, Hallie, maybe, she, she would have had to have known the allegations against Hunter Biden that he had spent all of their money on on hookers and blow, right? I mean, like, that's... That's literally what the the proceedings were, or the or the um, uh, the complaints were. That that he had taken all of the money and used it on drugs and women and alcohol, and the family had no money. So the widow would have known that. I I don't know. Think they get together, and then. I think he ditches her, and that's when he's he gets with the. With the woman now that we're talking, the stripper, not a stripper, whatever, and then ditches her and then goes to the woman that he's married to now, and he's got another kid with her. And I only bring this up because it highlights the double standard. All the attention that, um, well, there's two reasons I bring it up. Number one, the double standard. Number two is that the lawyers for her are trying to get access to Hunter Biden's financials, including the stuff on Ukraine. That was They were arguing that today in court. <laughs> they were arguing over that today. So there might be some larger implications here because Hunter's lawyers redacted it all. They're not turning it over, and the judge is like, you got to turn this over because we're trying to figure out what you actually have, how much money you have, how much you're making, all of it. On the double standard portion, it really is, uh, it's unseemly in that you've got you know, Donald Trump accused of all of these things. I mean, there's a woman suing him for rape for crying out loud right now. And the media is all over that. They're all over the affair with Stormy Daniels, the hush money payments to the other Playboy uh, star, whatever. They're all over this stuff. But they don't they don't care about the Hunter Biden stuff, even though there is this. I mean, it is way, way seedy, you know, just slimy stuff. But they don't think it touches Joe Biden at all, which is weird because Hunter says he slept on a cot in their room. But they did not talk business. Remember, they never talk business. All right. This is from Reason.com. It was about the Supreme Court's oral arguments that they heard the other day. Based on a case out of uh, Hennepin County, Minnesota. Eh? There's a woman up in Minnesota named Geraldine Tyler, and she fell behind on her property taxes to the tune of about $2,300. 
And so Hennepin County seized her condo. Which, this always raises the question of who actually then owns your property, right? If the county can come in and take your property because you don't pay, who actually owns that property? I'm not a fan of the property tax. I really am not. So uh, Hennepin County seizes the condo. But get this. It's what they did afterwards. They seized the condo for a $2,300 tab. Okay? They turn around and sell the condo in order to satisfy the debt. Okay? $2,300. But then they kept all of the money. They didn't sell it for $2,300. They sold it for way more and kept all of it. That case now went to the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a form of, you know, this eminent domain, I guess. Uh, In 2010, this woman, Geraldine Tyler, was in her early 80s. She is still alive. She is 94 years old right now. She moved out of her Minneapolis condo that she owned, and she moved to an apartment in a different neighborhood because it was safer. So she was then trying to sell her condo. Obviously, hard to do because her condo was in a rougher part of town. Hence the reason she moved, right? So she's trying to now pay her rent and the property taxes on the condo because she owned the condo outright. All she had to do was pay the taxes. She's not paying for the mortgage. It's just the, the taxes. She ends up owing $2,300 in back taxes. And then, of course, the county slaps her with additional penalties, interest, and late fees. And that totaled $13,000. So $2,300 in taxes creates a $13,000 additional liability. So now she owes more than fifteen dollars and she can't afford it. She can't afford to pay the $2,300, let alone the $15,000. So the county forecloses on the condo, turns around and sells it, and they sell it for $40,000, and they kept all of it. They could have returned twenty-five dollars They could have given her back $25,000, right? That would have been minus the penalties, interest, and the price. She could have gotten $25,000, but they didn't. They kept it all. That's one of the cases. It got hooked up with this other case, woman named Tawanda Hall of Oakland County, Michigan. She fell behind on her tax payment, $900. $900. And in Oakland County, by the time it was all said and done and they seized her home, penalties, interests, or interest and fees, total bill, 22642 Isn't that amazing? 900 bucks in back taxes, and you end up with a $23,000 tab. County seizes the home that she had lived in, she had shared with her husband and children, sold it to collect the debt, and kept the difference, which was somewhere in the neighborhood of about, oh, $286,000. A quarter of a million dollars Oakland County, Michigan stole from this family. They stole that money. There's no other way that I would view that at all. I don't care what kind of fancy words you come up for with it, uh, uh, come up with for it. It doesn't matter. Others call it home equity theft.
it is legal in Alabama, Stan. I kid Alabama. Alabama, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, and South Dakota, as well as District of Columbia, because of course. It used to include, that list used to include Michigan, but recent decisions by state and federal courts have largely uh, eliminated the practice. I mean, doesn't really matter so much for Ms. Hall and her family, right? They got screwed by it. But at least future people won't be screwed over by this home equity theft. Homeowners who fall behind on their property taxes get bought out without their knowledge by private investors. They initially receive no correspondence and therefore have no idea their tax burden is rapidly growing. And after three years of overdue taxes, property owners get letters informing them that they have 90 days to pay their debts which now include 14% annual interest and additional fees. And if they fail to pay the debt within that time period, the county treasurer gives the deed to the investors who take the home, sell it, and keep the profits. And the people that are usually taken advantage of, that are targeted, that are victimized by this robbery, you know who they are. Elderly people. Right. People who own the home. They have no more mortgage to satisfy. And so the investors get to clean up. So now this is being challenged at the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. I don't understand why it's taken this long to get there. But the legality of home equity theft hinges on the Fifth Amendment's takings clause. Which says, quote, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. And while it might seem straightforward, it isn't. There's a bunch of differing opinions on this at the lower court levels. Um, so I'm watching this case. Pacific Legal Foundation is, uh, is arguing this case. And at the end of the story at Reason.com, it mentions the woman, uh, the Hall family, that lo- Tawanda Hall and her family that lost their whole house. And um, they say, even if she wins this case, there are some things she cannot replace. Her husband, Prentice, had pneumonia when they lost their home. Although he was still sick, he rushed back to his job after the government took the value of their house, essentially their life savings. And it was while working that he fell, he was sick, he sustained a severe brain injury, and he died. You lose all your savings. It's just devastating. It's completely shocking, and it often destroys people," said uh, their attorney. Like that is an outrageous practice. The fact that it has taken this long to get to the Supreme Court, the fact that it has taken this long to even be challenged at all. Like, what's wrong with you people up in these states? What's wrong with you that you would allow that process to exist? Why would you not have repealed that? And 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 it's bipartisan, right? The list of the states here. Alabama, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, and South Dakota. Okay, only two of them are Republican, but even so, maybe three. Even so, that's a bipartisan issue. How dare you? I mean, why would you not just repeal this? 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Let me go to the phones here and get Dean on. Hello, Dean. Hey, Pete. Hey. Uh, Dean, I was just listening to you in this really, really awful thing that the federal or the government's doing to our senior citizens. Where's the uh, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau and financial elder abuse laws? How do they fit in all this? That's a great question. Where's Lizzie Warren? Where's Senator Warren on this? Yeah. Silent, huh? Yeah, she of the high cheekbones. What's going on? I mean, you you got people whose property is being stolen. You would think of all people, like, she would feel a connection to that kind of victimization. But no, I, I, I haven't heard anything from her on this. That's a great question. Really? Yeah, that, I mean, wow! I hope the Supreme Court takes that into consideration when they when they review these cases. Yeah, yeah. But what's the point of having these types of protection units in if you're not going to use it to actually protect people from having their property taken? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great question, right. Dean. Appreciate it, buddy. Good okay. to hear from you. Thank you. All right, man. That's the other Dean. Just for the record. Um, let's see how much time. I... Okay, I can do this. Supreme Court also says it's going to decide whether public officials can block critics from commenting on their social media accounts. I got to tell you, um, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't believe, I don't believe that you have the right to not be blocked by an elected official. I don't. Sorry, I don't. If I, just because I run for office, I guess maybe if I have an official account, Versus a private account, a personal account, I don't know. But I, I just, I don't think, like, you don't have the right to get onto my social media profile, start, you know, telling, you know, using all sorts of nasty language, trolling me and screaming at me and posting stuff and being abusive. Like, you don't get to, I mean, because what happens, you know what happens then is that nobody wants to engage in that cesspool. So, what is used as a way primarily to, uh, uh, to you know, uh, disseminate information and to, to tell people what's going on. Here's my congressional newsletter or whatever. Now, the people who want that information have to wade through this cesspool of degeneracy. Uh, and now they don't want to get the information anymore because it's not worth it. And so it becomes sort of the heckler's veto, Right. And so what's the point of this social media account? If you're trying to push out information, but nobody wants to get it from you there because of the nastiness that they are seeing from these other people, that that there isn't anything that you're going to post up there that is not going to draw their ire. I've seen it, this happens all the time. I see it all the time on Twitter. Somebody will post something. And by the way, it does, it does happen mostly uh, that I see from the left against the right, but maybe that's just because... Uh, there are more members of Congress that are Republicans, but I don't see right wingers 
going after like Congresswoman Deborah Ross, who posts something about, you know, oh, today is International Women's Day or something. And I don't see people going, oh, you're just stupid. I don't see that. I don't see that against her. I see that all the time against all the Republicans. Just nasty stuff. I don't think you have a right to ensure that that, that politician hears you say that they are this nasty thing. I don't. On their social, It's their social media account, not yours. It is. It's theirs. You don't have rights to that. Now, if you would like to go over to their Facebook page or something, their official, you know, congressional Facebook page, or if the Twitter account, for example, of the governor, maybe you want to have a difference there, like it's the official governor's Twitter account. And when Cooper is gone and someone else is in there, like when Mark Robinson takes over, like maybe then he'll get that account. And maybe that's the one that people can go, you're terrible. You could just do that. But his personal accounts, like Donald Trump's personal Twitter account, I don't think you have a right for him not to block you on that. So the Supreme Court's going to take that up. And this is based off of this case law, a case over, uh, what, two years ago? Supreme Court dismissed a case over Trump's efforts to block critics from his personal Twitter account. So we'll be watching that one, too. Well, I will. And then I'll tell you about it. So you'll be hearing about it. All right. Stick around. Brett Winnable's coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.